welcome to episode 42 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC anime universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. And uh, today we got some Ra's al Ghul. We got the return of your favorite, the Riddler. We also have another character that I was very That's surprised right. to see. Yeah, I was not expecting it either. It was a, it was a pleasant surprise. Yeah. A guy who, who pops up, I think, twice in the, uh, the DC anime universe. But we're going to keep everyone in suspense Ooh. as to who that is, because most people probably haven't actually watched the episode. And in the meantime, Cameron, what's happening in the world of comic book movie news? Um, some, some stuff. So we haven't recorded uh, in over a week. So we news-wise, we're a little behind yes. on informing you. So everyone yeah. probably knows some of the stuff we're going to It's too bad about. there was no big news that came out today. Because it know. comes out, the episode comes out tomorrow. We would be very timely, but we're not. No. no. I mean, uh, my big news was... Um, Nolan North, who voices Superboy in the Young Justice TV series, has come out and said they've finished recording the first five episodes, which is great news because that means that the this, this season's actually happening. Yeah, it's real. It's yeah, going to happen. Oh, I'm like. I've mentioned this before. Young Justice is very high up on my yeah. favorite animated shows. Uh, and I'm. You know, that was just kind of the best news I could get in the morning. It's I, I'm super excited about it too. I've only watched Young Justice once. Uh, I'm recently watching it for like the thirtieth yeah. time. I've contemplated going back a few times because like it's just it is really really good. I, I was always dismissive of it. Like how can it be anywhere near as good as the DCAU? And it's just as good. Yeah, it's so like the 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 characters are so well written, and it has like a little bit of the JLU element where yeah. uh, season two they add in a bunch of new faces to keep things a little fresh. Um, but at the end of the day, it's still like just the core sidekicks and it's yeah. their story. It's teen drama. Yeah. Oh, but it's such good teen drama. I know. I know. That will they, won't they of, of Superboy and, uh, um, uh, what, Miss Martian? Miss Martian, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. The, the animated Ross and Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, every show needs its Ross and Rachel. Oh, yeah. But, well, I think it was what, Sam and Diane before that, right? Wasn't mm-hmm. that Cheers? Yep. I don't know. It was before my time. <laughs> it was what, nine seasons as well? Uh, no, I don't think, no, because Frasier was like nine or ten, and Frasier actually ran longer than, okay. than Cheers, which is weird. Like, more people know the spinoff than the original, which is not very common. Why? Well, I, I don't think more people know it. I think it lasted longer. Yeah. But, I mean, you're also talking about, like, longevity doesn't always the length hold of, yeah. Pop. Like, Bones was on for 11 seasons or something stupid like that. Yeah, and Serenity was on for an abbreviated one season. Yeah. Not Serenity, Firefly. Firefly. Yeah, it's not going anywhere. So, nor is it ever coming back. I know. <laughs> I know. Watch Con Men, guys. Yeah, right? I saw I still haven't done that. It's good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's not, not other, <laughs> there's not other like, major news. Uh, we're finally getting Phantasm on Blu-ray. Yeah. Which is really awesome. I, there's not much more to say about that, that other than finally. Um, there was news of a Watchmen TV show from Damon Lindelof. Ooh. How do you feel about that? I am now just learning about this. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I mean, is it going to be just like following the characters or will it be it's kind of like the the what was the the series that came out about five years ago oh before watch before watch i haven't read yeah, that the watchmen i i haven't heard anything <clears throat> one way or the other i mean it it's challenging because in a lot of ways the movie is a pretty accurate adaptation especially the the ultimate cut which i will always defend chris I really like it be careful it's a Zack Snyder film. I know, defending. but hey, that's the one I will always give credit for. I, th- I actually think his ultimate cut of Watchmen is really, really great. Um, I get why some people were mad that they changed the ending, but mm-hmm. in some ways I actually think the new ending makes a little bit more sense, at least in terms of not using a squid. Like, that makes a little bit of sense. Right. There's other things that don't work. but I, So it's a tough spot to be in, because how do you, do you, you know, you think a TV show is longer, you could do a more accurate adaptation, but at the same time, that's already been kind of done, so you have to make it different. It's like Sin City. 
Right. We're doing the same thing. It's like, how do you do a TV show version of something that's already done once very accurately? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Could be interesting. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll give you more news on it as, as yeah. time goes by. Yeah. When and we then, actually form opinions. Exactly. Yeah. What are opinions? We're a fact-only show. Yeah. I was, I was listening to uh, the Nerdist podcast with TJ Miller, and oh, he, he made a oh comment man. about how it's better to be polarizing than neutralizing. I'm like, oh, that's a really good philosophy. Then I realized, like, oh, I'm a very neutral person. Oh, I'm a very neutral yeah, person. Right. We don't even have strong opinions on this podcast. <laughs> it's Rosh. Yeah. God damn it. Uh, uh, so the only other like major news, which will eventually tie back to DC Comics, I swear, is Chris Miller and Phil Lord were fired from Han Solo. Uh, it's... So I I read something today about the direction they were going in, and I kind Mm -hmm. of understand why. And it's it's the same thing that happened with Flash. I'm going to steal your loop back to DC. No, it's fine. Um, I I mean, how dare you? (laughs) uh, I think these are two guys that have a very distinct, have a very unique vision, and they're great at comedy, and they they want to branch out, but they're branching out to the series that kind of don't really allow that. I don't know if you read the article this morning. Yeah. <clears throat> they were trying to basically make Han Solo Ace Ventura. Okay. Um, which I'm not too happy with. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's interesting. I guess the reason this is such a huge deal is that it's really rare that directors get fired. Right. Like, writers get replaced all the time because it's really difficult to have someone else come in and, uh, take over film as a director, I and mean, especially when it's an official transition. I mean, there, there's always stories about kind of guys coming in and helping on things. I might have mentioned before, like Chris McQuarrie kind of has that same sort of role as a producer. He comes in and just tweaks things, or I think uh, Dan Gilroy did it for Rogue One. Right. But with you fire a director, that changes a whole bunch of stuff. And, and I don't know what the rules are now, but at least uh, the other story that comes to mind with this is the Superman movie from the 70s. Because mm-hmm. Richard Donner filmed Superman 1 and 2 back-to-back, the schedule and the budget went overboard. The Salkins fired him, took the ending from Superman 2, slapped on the beginning, at the end of Superman 1, the spinning, that the, okay, yeah. spinning, spinning around the, the world thing. And then Richard Lester took over on Superman 2, but to get credit as a, the full-time director, he had to reshoot, like, most of the movies had to be about 75% of him. So wow. they had, scenes that they'd already filmed and were good to go, they reshot literally just so that he shot them. I don't know if those rules still apply, if they have to do the same thing here. I don't know if the reshoots are already factored in to be extensive enough to cover that sort of thing. But I think they were about 75% the way, of the way through when this happened. And obviously, Ron Howard now yeah. is taking over. And I'd, I'm happy enough with Whatever. that. Yeah, yeah. He, he's a very safe director. He is, yeah. And he's, he's obviously very talented. I think he hasn't <clears throat> made anything great in a while. I think his last Did you ever good see Rush? Yeah, Rush. Oh, was, yeah. I, I, it's... I just realized I hadn't seen it yet, and so it okay. moved up in my queue. Yeah, uh, I think that's the last thing he made that I, I think one scene, but two, like I, I really enjoyed. I skipped any subsequent Dan Brown adaptations, and I didn't see the Chris Hemsworth whale movie. Right, uh, un, not under the sea, uh, heart of the sea, heart of the sea, something like that. Yeah, so I don't know. It'll. I get why Kathleen Kennedy would have sided with Lawrence Kasdan because I mean he he wrote Empire, he wrote right, yeah, you know, Indiana yeah, Jones, you know, gonna, yeah. Yeah, so I it's it's a weird situation. It's probably for the best in the long run. And now this means that maybe Lord and Miller will come back and do The Flash. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, there was another interview, because there was a similar... I, I compared the situation, even though it's not the exact same, is to when Edgar Wright left Ant-Man. Yeah. 
and they just released all that information. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gave an interview and talking about Baby Driver about kind of the fight between writing and directing, and then when he was brought on to just be a director and not a writer, and how your heart's not really in it after that. Makes sense. Um, and it was from him leaving Ant-Man that he got to do Baby Driver. Yeah. So maybe uh, Miller and Lord are going to come back. If they don't do Flash, they might come back with another you know, great comedy. Something else, yeah, I mean... Because we haven't had a good comedy in a while. No, we haven't. And, and look, they're incredibly talented guys, and I, I, I mm-hmm. amongst many people, was really excited when they got put on Han Solo. I was like, oh, maybe... Because they're the guys who can make a movie good when it shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the best example of that is the Lego movie. I was going to say, cut at the chance of meatballs. That too, though. <laughs> that too, right? So I was happy. I was sad to see them go, but in the long run, maybe this makes more sense. I mean... They are great filmmakers, but they don't necessarily know how to make a Star Wars film. And let's be honest, there's someone who knows how to do that. It's Kathleen Kennedy, so I guess, and, and yeah. her will trust. Right. And also Lawrence Kasdan. He knows what he's doing on that yeah. regards. So He's got it. He's got it. And I assume, is William still doing the score? Um, I don't know if he was ever doing the score, actually. Okay. I think he... I mean, he's getting pretty old now. I think he's a little sick. So he might just be doing the um, major installments. Okay. I mean, with Giacchino doing Rogue One, they might be oh, right. bringing that's, in other people true. now to uh to do that so mm-hmm. who knows but we've seen now that dc is capable of making a good movie when they have people they trust so maybe they'll bring laura miller back maybe we'll get a good flash movie yeah because they can't yeah i mean like we said they know f- they know how to make comedy yeah and flash should be a comedy with the superhero overlay yeah exactly so hey maybe it'll be good and uh, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Maybe down the we line. We don't. Maybe down the line they'll do some reboots. Maybe even they'll do a reboot of Jonah Hex. You spoiled it. I didn't spoil shit. You spoiled it. <laughs> Our fans. Our fans. All that built up tension. Yeah. You just deflated it. But I was trying to segue. That was a bad segue. It was so horrible. I, I honestly forgot there was a Jonah Hex movie <laughs> until he said that. I think most people forgot there was a Jonah Hex movie. It, it kind of just merges with Cowboys and Aliens. They're all kind of the same thing for yeah, me. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard two, to do a good modern Western. Two Westerns I didn't see. No. That both have, like, weird, I don't know, Megan Fox was in one of them. The choosing the, Jonah Hex. Yeah. Yeah. It's, no, it's not. I've never seen it. Why bother? Right. But, yeah, I mean, we, we find out... Fairly quickly that Jonah Hex is in this episode. I was very surprised. I, surprised? I, it's spo- I got, it spoiled for me because I brought up all of like the information on the episode <laughs> beforehand oh, okay. so, like, to start like pre-taking notes before I watched it, and then I, so I got kind of spoiled for me. Oh, okay. So I'm just making sure that our fans had the exact same experience. Good. Yeah. Uh, this was our a very unique Jonah Hex episode because Jonah yeah. pops up in, I want to say, every animated or batman animated franchise uh i believe so <laughs> i i did look this up let me bring it up again here yeah because he is in this he does pop up again in the jlu episode the once in future thing part one when they're back in the old west <laughs> he pops up in brave and the bolds yeah he pops up episode. in justice league action i don't think he shows up anywhere in um young justice well i mean there's no batman story in young justice that's true um but yeah he he seems to have often connections with Batman storylines. Yeah, so. and they're also usually the exact same story, which I'm fine with, because it's a fun story. Batman yeah. gets thrown through time. And so this was, for me, a very unique telling of it. It's a, it's a, one of the biggest departures from traditional structure I think we've seen in any episode. Absolutely. And I, I wanted to bring up the fact that every iteration after this is a time travel episode. Do you think that would have been too much 
for where we are in the Batman universe right now. I think so. Yeah, because I mean, we even talked about with the last Roz episode that it felt weird to now have an, a legitimately supernatural villain mm-hmm. in a show that otherwise has had like borderline supernatural elements, but they've all had a, a, a tinge of science to them or grinded some sort of science, like right. family mutations or even Lazarus Pit, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like an unknown natural force. I was going to say, force. even Zatanna and Zatara aren't really magic yet. No, yeah, we, she never exhibited genuine magical abilities there. So yeah, I think it would have been bizarre. By the time you get to JLU, they've already done time travel stories. Mm-hmm. I think the first time travel story is in Justice League, when they, with Vandal Savage, and they end up going back to World War II. Right. I feel like that's the first one. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's Unless any there was in, something in Superman. Superman. I don't, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't know. I don't know, but yeah. I would say just having... Uh, you know, the Superman show opened opened it up because then True. you had aliens come in and you had not supernatural but more abstract villains and not yeah. just people in masks like Batman deals with. Exactly, yeah. So no, I think it would have been bizarre. And the nice thing is they got to hold on to that and use it later to what I recall being a really good episode. Oh, it's, it's a great episode. Yeah. You've been rewatching that recently, right? Have you uh, that yeah, one? I go off and on. Okay. Uh, I, I'm sure I rewatched it and I just don't remember it. Of course. Of course. But yes, yeah, so, I mean, this... This one, the, the structure is pretty basic. It's just that Roz breaks into a retirement home and kidnaps somebody. Mm-hmm. And Batman and Robin go after him, but they've been given clues. So the plane is traceable, like obviously traceable, and there's a good old cassette disc yep. that Robin throws into the console of the Batmobile. And Which then, he did very, like, without any... Like, that could have been, like, a trap. I thought it was going to be. Like, so did I. I was like, oh, it's going to, like, sabotage the car. Because not that a cassette could have any ability to... Like disable a car, you didn't know but that in this in the world it could. Yeah, in this world it could have. You know, you still have to turn your le- your, your electric devices off in an airplane. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know. You didn't have electronic devices on an airplane in the early nineties. Game Boys can't. Game Boys are out at this point. Yeah, but did you actually have to turn them off back then? Uh, I'm yeah, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Yeah, because you had to. You still had to turn off your like advance and SP in the early two thousands. Okay, I don't know. I mean, to be honest, in ninety three, I was traveling on planes, but I was young, and I probably had a book in my hand or. <clears throat> what a nerd Thunderbirds toys Yeah What a nerd With his book <laughs> Yeah My parents loved me And gave me a portable DVD player <laughs> I eventually had one of those As well Yeah, yeah. Just, just sit there Shut up Oh yeah But So anyways uh, Roz Roz starts telling a story From 1883 mm-hmm. We're in I think the town's called The Devil's Hole It's called The Devil's Hole I wrote that down Yeah it's a little weird But we'll just move on from that Yeah and uh, what Han, What year was uh, Back to the Future Three? Eighteen eighty-five. Yes. Okay. Because it's yeah, nineteen eighty-five. Yeah, okay, hundred years. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. hundred years. Yeah. Sorry, I, I just remember when they first went into the past. I thought like, oh, this is the Back to the Future year. I mean, it's pretty damn close. Yeah, it's close. Yeah, we we almost got to see Marty and Doc. I'm sure they would have incorporated it. That's true. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, the way that Jonah Hex is drawn, like the long white hair, he looks a lot like Doc Brown. He does. Yeah, except for the. The, the gaping scar. The weird fucking face thing that's yeah. happening there. Eh, it's fine. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, Hex is strolling into town along the uh, the Transcontinental Railroad, which is being built out there, and he's in search of Arcady Duval, mm-hmm. who's wanted for being an all-around jackass. Yeah. And who has a great voice, because I know who this one is oh, this time. Oh, you do? Okay, who is it? Yes. Uh, Malcolm McDowell. Mc- McDowell. McDowell? Yeah. Yes. Uh, who's in a lot of things. He's in everything. He, it, I, I briefly went through his IMDb page, and it was so much stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think he's most famous for or, uh, uh, Clockwork Orange. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, and then, for me, 
what he's most famous for is he's uh, one of the teachers in Community. Mm-hmm. Which is, uh, I think my most recognizable role for him. Which okay. I don't know how he feels about that. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, he was, um, oh god, like the overarching villain of season one and two in Heroes. Oh, uh, season two. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, Lieberman. I don't remember. I don't remember. Uh, and in my favorite show, he is the voice of Mad Mod in Teen Titans. Oh, God, that's right. Yeah. He is, isn't he? Um, that's the song that plays in one of his episodes is My Alarm Clock Still. No shit. Yep. Oh, that's amazing. I mean, no, he's he's in everything. I, I'm looking up his IMDb right now. He has it's so much like stuff. 20 projects that are just either announced or in production and don't even have like release dates. He's he's in everything. Um not that this is like his most recognizable role for me, but I really like the first few seasons of Franklin and Bash. Which, okay. Like, it's not a great show, but I really have a lot of fun with it. And he's in that as just mm-hmm. like this crazy over the top, like owner of the law firm. <laughs> he's just, he's really funny and charming. He's got just an amazing fucking voice. Um, Absolutely. Like it, I just, I could listen to him and David Warner have conversations <laughs> for hours. And I guess they were in, um, they were in some oh, they late were in a movie, 70s. They were moving together. Uh, da, 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 was right here. Oh, Time After Time. Okay. Oh, which is the H.G. Wells, Jack the Ripper, like, time travel movie. Right. Which they remade for TV with the the hot guy from the Six Harry Potter movie. Six. Um, he played um, McCloggan. The guy that Hermione was, like, flirting with. This has nothing to do no, with anything. Th- not Mc- Are you talking about um, Crumb? Victor Crumb? No, not for, no, no, six, not four. Oh, six. oh, oh, um, okay, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, the he's a Hufflepuff. Is he? A, today is today is also the reason we're bringing this up. Today is the 20th anniversary well, of the first okay. book. Let's not so give we us have credit. a reason to talk about we're this not, right now. <laughs> after the fact, it makes sense we're talking about it, but really, it doesn't. No, it's fine. Uh, no, yeah, he he's the the Richie Rich. Huff, no, yeah, he's a Gryffindor that wants to be, um, uh, not. Uh, oh my gosh, I I feel so bad right now. He wants to be. On the, qu- on the Quidditch, the Quidditch team. team. Yeah. Yeah. For a keeper. Keep, that's the word. Yeah. I'm like, not a chaser, not a beater, not a seeker. What's the last <laughs> the fucking last one? one. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyways. Why did I say he was a Hufflepuff? Who's the Hufflepuff that comes in? He's a richy rich snob. Uh, I don't remember. It's not important. I know. <laughs> Makes fun of dentists. He's an asshole. Wait, is, the guy, is it from two? Ernie? Mac- Ernie McMillan? Ernie I don't is that your thing? think so. Fuck it. What does it matter? So Batman. <laughs> this isn't a Harry Potter podcast. We don't need to know what we're talking about. Yeah. Well, maybe we should do a Harry Potter podcast. No, we no, should. No, okay, moving on. Uh, yeah, so it's too popular. It's too <laughs> too many people would listen too many to else it. Out there. Yeah. But so Hex talks to uh, a prostitute at a saloon. Mm-hmm. Who I guess this guy has come through and like wrapped up one of her girls. So yeah. she helps him go out to the desert, mm-hmm. where there's a sky monster and a cave with glowing lights. Yeah. Yeah. I was expecting fireworks. I don't know why, but I'm like, oh, they're shooting off fireworks. For fireworks? Sure. What? I also, realized, sky monster, I also right? realized now that I think fireworks had already been invented in the 1800s, because that's yes. been in Yeah, in that's been around China a long a time, yes. Uh, no, the big reveal here is that it's a, uh, a, a massive airship, mm-hmm. a hydrogen-filled airship. And I was curious to see if this was actually feasible for this to exist. More or less it is. Like, it was hard to get a definitive answer as, like, when the first, like, actual, like, airship was used. But in the late 1800s, there was a lot of different prototypes getting tested here and there. Mm-hmm. So it's not outside the realm of possibility that there would be a hydrogen airship in 1883, especially if it's Ra's al Ghul who's behind it all. Because, right. you know, he's been around a long time. He's a little smarter than everybody else. 
He's got yeah. resources. He's got means. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. And he, uh, and this time around, he is mad because the railroad, the Transcontinental Railroad, is destroying the land. Mm-hmm. So he decides he's going to go up in his airship and bomb the shit out of it until the U.S. declares him ruler. Yeah. Master, what do you say? Master of America? Master of America. Uh, and I get, yeah, so that, that last part is kind of dumb. Uh, but the, the part you mentioned before is very important because Roz's goal is kind of, like, he is an environmentalist. Yeah. That, that's kind of the goal of, of his, of, you know, his overall goal is always for the good of the planet. Yeah. Um, he doesn't do the, the greatest job. Mm, yeah, job where he doesn't have the nicest means of accomplishing this. Yeah. But it is nice to see that, like, that is still his goal. His goal isn't to be a ruler. It, I mean, it kind of is. It is, yeah. But it's it's more to protect the planet. Well, and it's funny, too, that the, these two episodes, both villains who one of their, their greatest weaknesses would be their arrogance, mm-hmm. right? But the difference is with Roz, it's actually kind of coming from a place of legitimacy. Like, he has lived longer than pretty much anyone else on the planet. He's seen a lot of shit. He's seen the rise and fall of empires. He knows things. So you can understand why he would feel justified in feeling that he has the planet's like best interest in mind more so than mm-hmm. normal people. Is he? He's younger than Savage, right? He is Savage younger is than caveman. Savage. Yeah. So yeah, Savage technically does exist just because of long continuity. We haven't met him yet, obviously. Right. But actually, that's a good point. I think they never cross paths. I, in I don't DC think they do because I think once once we get out of the Batman episodes, Roz is pretty much gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Savage kind of takes his place. Yeah, he never pops up in um, Justice League that I can recall. Uh, Roz, no, Roz does not. Yeah, exactly. So, that's too bad. Actually, I never realized they never crossed paths. That would have been interesting. It would have been, t- I, I been weird. Because I, I feel like there'd be a power struggle. But it'd be so interesting to see them mm-hmm. go head to head. And it is, it is interesting to see they have different ideals because yeah. savage does want to be a ruler yes uh and he will do anything to achieve that yeah Roz doesn't necessarily need to be a ruler but that might be part of his ends to the means by which he be, saves the planet yeah and it, i like it too because even in this especially at the end which we'll we'll get to obviously because that's how time works um <laughs> even in this like you see why batman respects him like, they are enemies a lot of the times, mm-hmm. but you can tell that he respects him because he gets where he's coming from on some level. Right. Compared to, like, every other villain, which is just acting in self-interest or insanity. Mm-hmm. God, I love Ross so much. Yeah. Oh, so good. Uh, so we see the, the blimp. Uh, it's just what I'm going to call it. It's a blimp. It's basically a blimp. Yeah, it's a yeah. blimp. Uh, with the... I liked how the metal workers looked like medieval knights. Yeah. All of the costumes in this episode seemed a little off. I don't know if you noticed that. What, like, even, like, Roz and... No, no, no. Uh, the main cast was fine. It was all the henchmen. Everything oh, seemed yeah. Off. Like, there were, like, kind of... Yeah, oh, yeah, you're right. Because some of the henchmen were dressed in, like... Pirates. Like, like, kind of crop top pirate they were, they sort were, of shirts. Well, so the, the, the blimp takes off, and all of the, the goons are out of their medieval armor. And, yeah, they're, they're firing cannons in, like, bandanas tied to their head and white and red yeah. striped shirts. And I'm like... Where did he find pirates to work this? Uh, you know, in just... the middle of the West. <laughs> it's Ra's al Ghul. He has means. He, <laughs> <laughs> he had pirates shipped in. I, I've, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is kind of a fun 
sequence. Was I? Did you also think immediately Wild Wild West when we reached this point of the movie? No, I should have. Because I mean, this is literally now the plot from the end of Wild Wild West. It's like it's not a joke. You've never. I've, seen, I've only. I only know the song. This is the second time in a week someone has shamed me for not seeing Wild Wild Wait, West. Who? Who? Like what other context? I'm would trying to remember. You for not seeing Wild Wild uh, West. Who was it? I'm probably one of the few people on the planet who finds that movie to be really fun, even though it's fucking terrible. I. I don't remember where I was, but I remember someone made a. Jo- oh, it was at the Baby Metal concert. So it was a lot. It was two weeks ago. Okay, still though, uh, recent history. Yeah, there was a guy standing next to me who made some joke, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, you got. He made some like West joke, and I'm like, oh, like oh, like such a what a great Will Smith reference. He's yeah. like, oh yeah, that movie is great. And I'm like, yeah, I only know the song. And he's like, oh, what a like you're an asshole. How do you not have you not seen this movie? It's like I. <laughs> People have been really hating on my on my nerd. They're side. calling you out. I mean, at it's least been that a one's, rough couple weeks. At least that man. one's kind of justified. Maybe we'll, we'll we'll do that recently. We'll, we'll make that a bad movie night. All right, we'll sit there and watch Wild Wild West. Like the song is more popular than the movie. It is. No, I was at a I was at Broadway the other day and they were playing it actually. Yeah, and I was like, oh, like people can't shame me for not knowing the movie. I know of the movie. I know yeah. Will Smith is in it and I know the title song. Okay, well, get off my ass, it's, people. It's pretty dumb, but it's it's great. It's fair. You wouldn't think of it, but the the end of that movie again, it's not really much of a spoiler. It's just like this, which is. Basically Basically, someone is trying to destroy the inter- like the Transcontinental Railroad with an advanced piece of technology. Yeah, so it's the exact same. Um, I, I do have to say though, the sequence where they're bombing the city, like the town, is actually kind of cool. Like, there's a really awesome shot of like what five or six cannons going off simultaneously. They're all flying at the screen. Yeah, and they blow up an outhouse for some reason. I know ra- that. I don't know, like, because it's like like the bank and like all these major buildings, and they randomly just like an outhouse explode. And I was like, was there someone in there? I wonder if that's Why? like a. Um because that's always like a, a Looney Tunes trope is some, like something will happen to the outhouse and there'll always just be a person sitting in there. Yeah, that's kind of what I was waiting to happen. Yeah. It was, like, it was, a, weird, it was a weird inclusion. Um, but uh, of course, it's a hydrogen. Blimp, right. So it's going to blow up. So it blows up pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's actually, sorry, uh, to take a half step back, there was uh, when I was first researching kind of the backstory of, of Batman and, and seeing how people review it, basically. Uh, one of the one of the ways people judge animation, which I thought was such an interesting way to view this, is judge it on the judge it on the fire and explosions. Like if those oh, are good, then the entire episode's going to be good. Yeah. So uh, how did this come out? This is beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I thought. But you're the animation expert, mm-hmm. so and I, I that it just kind of came back to me, and I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. I mean, the whole it's again, it's an odd episode, but I, I really liked it. Like, I think it's got a good pace to it. It's a little bit different. And then the ending of it's actually awesome. I mean, Jonah Hex, like single man army sort of thing going through diehard style. Yeah. And destroying this thing. And the fact that it ends with uh, him and Arcady having like a knife fight on this exploding, sinking airship. It's actually really awesome. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it's no shirtless Batman. Well, no, but it's it's still a pretty awesome sword well, fight. Nothing shirtless sequence. Batman unless it's shirtless Robin. So <laughs> he's a child. He's not a child in this. Let <laughs> um, me clarify: Dick Grayson, Robin, not Tim. Drake right, Robin. No, 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 I, I, actually, I, that I, one I, actually I, is a child, and not Jason Todd because he's dead. He's dead. Yeah, or Damien. He's not even born yet. Yeah, no, that would just be weird. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, this it was. I mean, it's. I I can't say it's not a Batman episode because it's still like. Jonah Hex is still Batman. Yeah. In a sense. Like he's you, he's you you could have taken the same basic plot beats um and more or less had it be Batman all the way through. Mm-hmm. 
But no, I mean, I, I like that they had that change up, that it's Jonah Hex, kind of do the same thing. And I think the bookends on it, especially the end, final bookend, are really strong. Oh, yeah. It was a big twist I was not expecting. I, I couldn't remember if I'd seen this episode or not. When we got to the twist, I'm like, maybe I have, because I vaguely recalled something like this occurring. Mm-hmm. Um, but so we, we kind of were wondering the entire time of this whole episode, who, who do they take from the retirement home? Like, well, it yeah. probably can't be Jonah Hex. Yeah, Jonah it has Hex to was, be one of the two. Yeah. You know that. It has to be Jonah Hex or, um, or Malcolm Katie McDowell. McDowell. Yeah, we're Malcolm McDowell. Yeah, <laughs> Malcolm McDowell as himself yeah. in this. Yeah, because I mean, Jonah Hex is, is pretty old, and he's lived a rough life even by the time we meet him in the show. So we eventually find out that, yeah, it's, it's Duvall. We're like, how the fuck is he still alive? And it's, why don't you explain the twist, Cameron? Oh, uh, so uh, Roz is kind of wheeling him to his plane. And I think the only way he could stay alive is if he had access to the Lazarus pit. Mm-hmm. And then Roz kind of makes the connection for Batman. He's like, yes, uh, he is my son. You know, I've had, I've tried multiple times to create an heir worthy of, you know, my world. And he was not, he was too kind of arrogant and, yeah, and I forget what... Said some bad words about his son, but yeah. it's fine. Like, yeah, because the son's kind of an asshole. Yeah. Quite reckless. It doesn't have uh, Roz's temperament. I forget what... How did he lose track of him? Like, he... He got... Uh, Jonah... Uh, Jonah arrested him. Oh, that's right. And he, he got sent to 50 years hard labor. And they expected him to die, but he didn't he because sur- he had the Lazarus that's juice right. flowing through him. So he survived it, but he kind of came out broken, mm-hmm. I think, from the experience, right? Yeah, and then kind of disappeared. Yeah, and he, he popped up again in the retirement home, so Roz went after him. And I love what Roz says to Batman. It's like, what I think it was like, our, our swords will cross another time or something mm-hmm. like that, but this time, just let me take my son home. And yeah, Batman just doesn't say a word. Just yeah, it was, it was very humanizing of, yeah. of Roz. Again, it shows that respect that he has for him at the end of the day, that he didn't really commit a crime. He didn't really hurt anyone. I mean, he gassed an entire building, but no one died. <laughs> of old people. I mean, they were going to die eventually, but yeah. like... <laughs> I mean, it's probable that maybe one of them maybe didn't come out of that gas. Yeah. But, yeah. but I mean, it also might have not been the gas's fault. That's, there's that, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, Bats... Bats. Bats lets him Batsy, go. Batsy, yeah. Bats, yeah. Everyone calls Batsy. him Batsy. People who know him call him Batsy. Yeah. Yeah, lets him go. I really liked it. Me too. Yeah. Uh, Oh, I, I, I wrote it down because I knew I'd forget this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have two quick tangents. Yes. This one's super, super short. Malcolm McDowell also voiced a villain in Captain Planet, which I think is amazing and so oh, funny. Oh, he did, and like, didn't he? Very yeah. slightly relevant to this episode. So yeah. we're going to go with that. Yeah, there's uh, environmental elements. Yeah. Yeah. He's a planet. <laughs> um, the other one is a video I watched a while ago, and I, I found it again just for this episode. Uh, but did you ever watch... or? Either the YouTube or the TV show, Adam Ruins Everything. I know of it. Okay. He does... Uh, a, a does he sh- ruin Malcolm McDowell? Yes. <laughs> no. He does a, like a five-minute short about how um, prostitutes kind of drove the force of the Old West. Okay. Oh, I say were the driving force of the Old West. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's very fascinating. And I, I recommend people watching it because I'm not going to get all the points down exactly. But basically, before women made their way out west, all of there weren't really towns or cities. They were all pretty much just work camps. Oh, interesting. Um, and when women found out they could kind of, you know, it's not the dream job, but it's the most uh, kind of, what's the word? Not prosperous. It's, uh, I mean, economically friendly job. You can make a living. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and not just a living. Like, women in the Old West made more money than most of the men. Uh, they sense. held a lot more power 
then a lot of that they you know in office they held a lot of power in mm-hmm. these in these towns and cities popping up and actually it was in Wyoming <laughs> I want to say uh in like the late 1880s they were the first state this was before they were even a state mm-hmm. they let they let women vote uh 50 years almost before the rest of the country oh, holy did shit yeah and it was because you know they held all of this power and yeah. there was a bunch of stories about how um uh, all of these rich women kind of gave health care to the railroad workers mm-hmm. um, and helped kids go through school and get into college. It was very, it's, it's a very interesting. That's awesome. Of, yeah. So what, what is he ruining in that episode? Uh, just kind of the, like, the ideal, the, I, not, not the, the visualized wild west of like gunslingers. And, oh, okay. Uh, it's, it's a man's world. We just, you know, yeah. we just sleep with these women and pay them money and then we go on our way. That's awesome, though. Yeah, it was, it was really yeah, cool. What? I'll go check that out, because that will be really interesting to see the other side of things there. Yeah. I guess we see a hint of that here. Like, um, is, what, did she ever get, did she ever no, named? No, just barmaid. Is it, just, is it really just barmaid? Hang on, I got the IMDb page open here. Because this was, there was on the Amazon thing, there was like oh, a small note. Yeah, I guess it's, okay, because it was her last role, the mm-hmm, actress. Before Liz, she passed Liz, away. Elizabeth Montgomery. Yeah, I guess she is just barmaid. But yeah, I mean, she kind of sets everything in motion Going there. out with a bang. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, oh no, that's awesome though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't have like too much trivia on this one. Um, I did look a little bit, like looked up Jonah Hex a little bit. There's not much worth talking about. He basically just has like a super fucked up life. He's constantly yeah, getting was... shot. He's constantly betraying someone, getting betrayed by someone. Yeah, I was gonna give the sentence history of he started out as a slave, mm-hmm. became a Confederate Confederate soldier, and then that's where he got burned, and then he became a bounty hunter. Yeah, and I guess he like he yeah he turned on. He like he kind of turned on the Confederates. Like he he realized that he could no longer support a system that was keeping people enslaved. So mm-hmm. he turned himself in and in like by accident revealed the location of his his squadron, his other Confederate soldiers. He was like he gave himself up, but he was trying to be honorable, and that fell apart. And it's like everyone he meets at some point dies. Yeah, I mean it, it's very much a, a Batman story. Yeah, he can't be close to anyone. Exactly. I'm worse though. I'd say like way way worse. Yeah, yeah. I I only have seen a few things with him, like this, um, JLU. Mm-hmm. In the in the bad Batman series that I continue to bring up, uh, comic series, the uh, death of Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an issue when it's Wild West Batman where he meets up with Jonah Hex. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, and that that one's kind of cool. Is it actually a bad series? It's just so odd. Okay, well, it's Grant Morrison. Yeah, because it's I'm trying because it's a six issue six issue miniseries. Uh, the first issue is Caveman Batman, mm-hmm. and then it's I want to say Medieval Batman, and then Pirate Batman, oh, Pirate Batman. Uh, Wild West Batman, Noir Batman, mm-hmm. um, and then he gets back to the present. Okay, but he was like not supposed to get back to the present because it's going to create some weird time warp that I don't think ever actually happened. I don't know. It the series ended in such a weird place. Okay, yeah. maybe I'll read it. I don't know. It's it's six issues. Okay, I mean you can you can or you can't. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> it's gonna completely. It's not gonna be on anyone's my list. Yeah. of like <laughs> have to read this. It is cool to see like the different iterations. I mean, it's just like a big fan art compilation. Like it's yeah, it's cool to see you know Batman where his cape is just like animal hide and he has a club. Yeah. Um. 
Pirate Batman sounds pretty awesome. Pirate Batman was he's got, probably he's the got a big beard one. too, right? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, really? Yeah, I feel like Pirate Batman needs to have a beard. I think so. He share it. We can draw that. A little Robin on his shoulder. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, anything else on on this episode? Uh, that's kind of it for all I had. Okay, uh, so our sponsor this week is Your One Mission. I don't know that one. So it's from Micah, and I think. Micah does too much. Micah does a lot. Yeah. Have I, did I plug uh, his his? Uh, you did. This is mythical. Okay. Yes. Great. Yes. Because I remember looking up all the links for it and including it in our our episode description. Okay. Because that's something I do. I don't know if you knew that. I I mean I look at the links sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I uh, yeah I did put that in there. But yeah, so this is a podcast he does, and the uh, he's never actually on it, or maybe he like cast stars on an episode. The idea is you you bring in two people. And they have to complete a mission. So, like, one of the ones I listened to was uh, creating the next young adult trilogy. Or like, like, or, like, fix the economy or something like that. Like, they're just given a, a broad mission to two people of an hour to come up with a solution for it. It's pretty cool. That sounds fun. Yeah, yeah. So it's worth, uh, worth checking out. And here's the promo for it. First, there was John Benet Ramsey. Then there was Jonathan Lipnicki. Then there was John Wilkes Booth. Already being deemed a modern classic. Do not be alarmed. Make no indication that this advertisement is compromised. We are the Mission Commission, a cabal formed to subvert the worldwide government. Each week, we lock two unsuspecting geniuses in a room and force them to invent, solve, and innovate. Ensure humanity's progress. Subscribe to Your One Mission on iTunes. Your program will resume shortly. Tune into the Nerdist School Network exclusive listen to Johns with Johns. And now back to your podcast. Yeah, and so Ooh. yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like I have to do that every time, even though you we do. never listen you, to the ads. Well, well you've never the, listened to the. Ads. I mean, I'm I'm saying when we when we take that cut, yeah, it, we would sit did here you, for five. Did you seconds. listen to our Wonder Woman crossover? Not yet. Oh my, Stop my God, me. man! <laughs> it's been a uh, long week. Two weeks. <laughs> Haven't seen Wild Wild West. Haven't <laughs> listened to our Wonder Woman crossover. Stop shaming me. I'll find something else to shame you on. I'm sure I'll, I'll say something stupid in this next episode. Yeah, it's, it's going to happen. On the plus side, you have a really nice hat. Thank you. So, yeah. But anyways, go, your one mission is to go check out one mission. Yeah. Your one mission. But uh, now we're on to the Riddler. Riddle is back. Your favorite. Yeah. I love this. This is a episode. good episode. This is a really this, this was such a I think awesome episode. Uh, okay, I'll ask this question at the end. Uh, okay, but um, are we gonna rank Riddler episodes because that's gonna be very difficult for me. Well, I, kind of, kind of. All right. Okay, so we this one starts out in the the classic tradition of animation. A newspaper gets thrown out, and we see the Riddler has been released into the wild. Yes. Yeah. For good behavior, he le- he he didn't escape Arkham. He was let out of Arkham yes. for good behavior. Yes. He he. So this is not, the first. Yeah, he's on parole. Mm-hmm. Um, and a truck pulls up to uh, a, like a loaded dock at a toy fair, the Gotham Convention Center, and some kind of big guys are hauling out a giant Riddler question mark box, and Batman and Robin swoop in, and are like, what the fuck are you doing? Last time you had one of these boxes, you tried to kill the commissioner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Riddler's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I, did you see the paper? I'm a, I'm a good person now. Yeah. So obviously Batman doesn't believe him. Which, so, I'd, I mean, obviously, like... Yeah, I probably wouldn't believe him either. But Batman's whole thing is um, kind of restoring the villains who are right to like a, a, a good mental state. That's a good point. Because he never, you know, he never wants to kill. He always wants to heal. <laughs> yeah. If a villain says they're healed and they're let out, 
I mean, I understand. I wouldn't believe them either. Yeah. But he had this issue with Penguin, you know, a couple episodes, not a couple, uh, a good dozen episodes before or Poison this. Ivy. Yeah, and Poison Ivy. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, like, as someone who always wants to believe in the good of his villains, he never trusts his villains. But, and I agree with you, that that doesn't quite work. And, I mean, I guess, at least with Poison Ivy, he, he reaches the point where he definitely wants to believe her. Mm-hmm. Although his gut tells him not to. And, and with the Penguin, I feel like, uh, it's been a while, I don't remember the episode that well. I will say with this, though... The Penguin, what, he wanted to be good. That's true, yeah, the Penguin's actually legitimately Batman trying. just, like, didn't believe him at all. Yeah. I would understand why, with the Riddler in particular, he wouldn't believe him. Because the Riddler, maybe more so than any of the other villains, is completely driven by ego. Mm-hmm. And his, he's not... And we definitely see that in this episode. Yeah, and he's not crazy in the same way that, say, like, Two-Face is, right? Where he was, like, a, a relatively good person who was, like, driven mad. Mm-hmm. He is just flat out just an egotistical, driven asshole. He's obsessive. He's obsessive about the game. He, like, he's always compelled. We're always talking about this. He's compelled to always leave riddles. So I can understand why Batman would not believe him, just because, <clears throat> I mean, the whole point of this is that the Riddler can't let go. Right. So, so good. Yeah. But, uh, so we, so Batman kind of has a talk with Riddler. Riddler says he's good now. He, this box isn't full of anything bad. It's toys. He's teamed up with Charles Baxter. Yep. Uh, who, Wacko Toy Corp. Wacko Toy. Good old Animaniacs reference. Yeah. I've actually been rewatching the Animaniacs. It's so good. It is really good. Yeah. Uh, there, there was another little moment in this episode that was, uh, a, a nice pull to Animaniacs. We'll get to it later. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and uh, Baxter believes him. Baxter is just kind of this like generic, just a business guy. Rich. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me a lot of Doug Dimmadome, owner of the Dimsdale Dimmadome. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> what's that from? <laughs> Fairly Odd Parents. Oh God, that's right. I was like, what's the dim? Uh, Doug dim- Dimmadome, owner the owner of the <laughs> Dimsdale Dimmadome. Okay, now let's go back. I couldn't remember what Dimsdale was. Yeah, you can shame me for that. I can't shame anyone for not knowing <laughs> Dimsdale. Um, so they've created a line of Riddler toys and puzzles because uh, similar to the Joker, uh, Joker's Wild, is that the name of the episode? The Casino. Yeah. Yep. Similar to that, they, uh, these Richie Rich types are banking off of the marketability of these villains. The Riddler name is very well known in Gotham. He knows he's going to sell toys based off of him. Yeah, and they're all puzzles, that sort yeah. of thing. Just kind of like, I mean, obviously it's a scumbag move. Yeah. But... Whatever. I mean, yeah, he is, like, an attempted murderer. Yeah. Multiple times over. It's generally not the person you want to be your spokesman, but... But he's great at toys and puzzles. That's true. I mean, he's so clever. Um, So he gives this very cryptic message to Batman as they're leaving. Um, And then, you know, Batman and Robin are sitting in... Oh, yeah. He's like, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, that's all... That's ancient history. Like, I'm a new man. Like, I've moved on from all of this. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, So they get back to to the Wayne Manor, and they turn on the TV, and there's a news report going on about, uh, like, Newman and... Well, what I actually love is the first thing we see... The first thing is they're talking about the Penguin's trial, and the DA Van Dorn is, like, really pressing. I thought that was clever. Like, they... Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like, again, like, it's a whole whole cohesive universe you can just have throwaway references to these other characters and mm-hmm. that all works yeah yeah for uh, for nerds like us to pick up on exactly think about talking about being obsessive here <laughs> right yeah uh so then there's a news report about this um kind of um what is it it's, it's, a, a, it's a commercial right oh no um, no it, it's about a store getting robbed and it's an antique store that's the that's right yeah for. an antique store gets robbed yeah uh, newman's. named newman newman and newman and co newman something, something like that yeah. yeah um 
and Batman's like, oh, th- it's obviously the Riddler. He said all of this to yeah. me. Um, and there is that moment where, like, obviously I want I want to believe Riddler. I want to think he's a good person. Of course you do. And I think Robin is also, like, Robin also kind of wants it, Riddler to be oh, better. I think Robin generally airs on the lighter side. He's less um, paranoid. He's a glass half full kind of guy. Yeah, he is. Yeah. You know? Whereas Batman just breaks the glass. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Um, Knocks off the table. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, there's a moment where, you know, they kind of question it, like, is this Riddler or am I just kind of being paranoid? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's kind of the theme for the first two thirds of the episode. Um, and so then there's a commercial that comes on after that for Riddler's toys with another not as cryptic message, he no. kind of holds up a number. Yeah, so he, he he has a chalkboard. It's like time for riddle number. I, I had to write all this down. Three one seven five three zero seven one, right? And so then he flips the chalkboard over, and it's a big old map. And it's I don't know. It's like where in the world can you get the the best riddles? Like well, from me from Wacko Toys. Um, but Batman's like, wait a minute, that's an eight digit number which could be a map code. So he goes and pulls a map out and he looks and it's like, oh, that pinpoints to the financial district mm-hmm. and the first national bank. So the Batmobile, off they run. But they're wrong, Chris. Yeah. I know. They're, they're wrong. They're Batman st- was fooled. They're standing there in the rain and no one's there. Mm-hmm. Nothing's happening. And but then, then he they, thinks about it for a second. He He flips over the code and it's an address, which is fine, whatever. I'll yeah. give him that. Yeah. Uh, what I don't understand is it, they realize it's an address and uh, so you flip Riddler, it over. It's ten Leslie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, goons are there robbing the place, and they're talking to Riddler. Is not there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's talking to them through uh, uh, kind of walkie talkies. Yeah, these little um, they're kind of like pool ball sized circular walkie talkies. Yeah, that are part of his line of toys. Um, but what I don't understand is Riddler is like I don't understand why the henchman would do this because the way it's set, the way the conversation sounded. The Riddler was basically just have them, having them stay there until Batman showed up. Yeah, I guess it's true, Because, uh, it? yeah, the conversation was, he still isn't here, boss. Yeah. Uh, I was like, all right, you can leave then. And I'm like, what kind of, ro- like, what goons would would yeah. agree to this? You can see why the Riddler would do it, but you're right. Why would they sign up for that? Yeah. And at the end, we do we do hear that they sell him out immediately. Well, you would. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, like, that, like, that makes sense. Uh, so then Batman does show up. He beats up the goons. Um, and we see Riddler is at uh, a big fancy schmancy rich, Richie Rich party. Mm-hmm. Um, talking the, about his toys. The lovely ladies of Gotham are, are flirting with him. Cause... Oh, and they have the great like con- like the cartoon boing sound when yeah, when, a, when a cute girl comes in. I know, so. loved it. Ugh, loved Was that it. your Animaniacs reference? No, there's one more. Oh, okay, actually, it, it, I think it's around this scene. Um, he makes this face. Um. And I wish I would have like screen captured or something. Oh, it's like his like mouth kind of talks like, yeah. And it's yeah. the it's the wacko face. Great for the listeners, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. You kinda... know that face that wacko <laughs> yeah. makes. I guess yeah. it's 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 not wacko. It's yakko is the one that makes. That yeah, face. but like his mouth like one. kind of like off the side, down an angle, his eyebrows are raised. It's mm-hmm. like oh, it's a very Looney Tunes cartoony yeah. expression. I really yeah. enjoyed that little Hello, moment. Hello, nurse. Oh, that that comment got me in a lot of trouble in college. What? <laughs> I had a. <laughs> last last tangent um, it, I took an animation or like uh, uh, it was a, an abstract animation class in college okay. by this very strange very uh, German abstract artist 
Mm-hmm. Uh, she showed us some of her clips, and that is a great way to describe her. She is a very abstract. Okay. Um, so the last project we had to do was a walk cycle and talk cycle. So you had to just have someone walking across the screen and saying something. Okay. Uh, so I basically made... Uh, it was in, Initially, I wanted to make uh, Walt Disney doing something. Couldn't figure out what to do, so I kind of scrapped that, made a more cartoony version of Walt. It wasn't supposed to be Walt, but he still had that mustache. Sure. Uh, he walks across the screen, and then a nurse walks the other way, and he turns, and I take the audio, and he says, hello, nurse. He winks at the camera, then it fades to black. Uh, and she was so, she almost like failed me on that project Yeah, because she was so offended. And I'm like, it's from a kid's show. And she's like, that doesn't make it any better. Uh, and like, I understand. Yes, that, that is kind of like a very sexist thing. Yeah. But I was also the only one that did the actual project. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, that's what made me more angry than anything was that like, you're punishing me, the, like the person who actually did it correctly yeah and then the rest of the class i didn't even make things talk or move yeah and i'm like just grade me on my work yeah not on my mentality yeah i I guess that'd be tough like if you don't know the animaniacs like where that comes from especially you'd be like what is this yeah yeah because even going back and watching the show like it i love that show um we need to look for fingerprints yeah right no thank you (laughs) out the window but it's yeah, it's it's uh, we, we we've talked before that maybe it's like kids' cartoons in the '90s that have the best sexual politics, and the, right. the Animaniacs, as much as I love, is included in that. But oh yeah, that's really funny though. You got in trouble. Oh yeah, I mean, I had a hundred in the class going into that, and uh, I think I ended with like an eighty-six. Oh wow! So that's how poorly she graded me on that oh, project. Man. Uh, so back to Batman. Yeah. Sorry, that was my. That's not going to be my last tangent. No, I, there's I no way that's possible. That. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, Riddler's... Batman. It shows up to the party. Uh, talks the Riddler. Well, so this is a cool moment too, though, because uh, the Riddler's middle of like talking with all these girls who are, who are flirting with him, and then the the host ever he's like, "Oh, there's a, a phone call for you in the room." So he goes into the room, and he looks himself in the mirror, and it's like, "Oh, that you're adorable." That's one of the girls said to him. Mm-hmm. It's like, "No, on the line, the phone hangs up, and Batman's just like in there. He had called it in. He's like, adorable, huh? <laughs> it's just like." God, he knows how to just, like, just get right to someone. It's yeah. He can get for, under their skin. Go for the soft spots. Yeah. Uh, so he's kind of having this talk. He knows Riddler's behind all this, but he can't prove it yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Riddler has, like, a secret switch that lifts the entire wall up. Yeah, he, he clicks on his walkie-talkie so everyone else who has one in the party can hear Batman. Being paranoid. Yeah, not really interrogating him, but questioning him. Yeah. Yeah. So the whole party kind of laughs at him. Batman vanishes in his in his cool fashion. Yeah, well, I love it. What I, I, it's a weird moment in a lot of ways, right? Because it's always odd when you put Batman in a room full of normal people. But I actually love this scene because everyone is laughing at him, and the Riddler's laughing at him, and it doesn't phase him. No. At all. Which, that, if anything, is actually an incredibly intimidating move to do. Like, to just stand there and have, like... Like that would scare people, and in it's a lot also of ways. like it's a rich, rich party. These are his normal, yeah. That's people. actually yeah. Like, like he, Bruce Wayne would have been expected to be at this party, yeah. But he's just there, and like he doesn't. He kind of like ends it with like like he, he says something to Riddler. He like, says something awesome. He says, "You can't help yourself. You can't stop." Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and You're, then um, I'm like, you love the game too much. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's and he's just going straight for the point. He's basically just telling the Riddler to his face, "You have an ego. You won't let this go." And yeah, then the most dramatic exit ever was like a lightning strike and Batman like flaps his cape up and then he disappears at the window and the whole party's like, oh. Do you think, I, do you think he's been planning that move? Oh, I, I yeah. I feel like he's, 
he oh, only you know. goes to parties like to interrogate people at parties when there's a lightning storm yeah and he was he wasn't waiting for them while they're laughing he was just waiting for that lightning strike that's true he was just like, he could have been standing there for hours he, if he the, was if listening the to the thunder stopped. and like watching the lightning going oh wait it's coming it's coming it's coming all right moment i'm out cape <laughs> yeah so he he heads out of there and then the riddler is getting all pissed off because you know he he acknowledges to his henchmen he can't let go and batman is the as he puts it, is the only one worthy of the game mm-hmm. so he's like okay i know how i'm gonna solve this problem going to kill the batman yep and uh and it, he becomes very jokerish at that point he does i mean yeah. he's al- he's always been a little jokery but i mean the joker's whole thing is one can't live without the other yeah going back to the 20th anniversary of harry potter yeah okay um <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's and we we see that so he sets up this very fun doomsday trap yeah he, he puts out another commercial and it's like go back to where it all started with toys and so batman knows he's gonna go back to the, the toy fair yeah and then he's got mm-hmm. this big elaborate trap yeah oh also robin broke his foot and all this so oh he yeah can't come and help yeah because robin, robin always has to be incapacitated somehow right so um so he goes riddler has this bomb set up uh he walks off all the doors um batman can't escape mm-hmm. bomb goes off and we see this very very not touching but like fascinating moment where i see i saw the joker in this scene Mm -hmm. where as the convention center blows up riddler doesn't kind of take that as his moment of triumph he quits being the riddler he throws his mask hat and jacket in the fire what else you do at that point right in his mind he's won yeah and if there's no one else because he's so into the chase Mm -hmm. he's beaten the police he's beaten everyone batman's the only one he sees as an equal only one worthy of the game yeah um and now that he's gone he's done with the game. The game's over. Um, and that was a very, you know, it's obviously the Joker mentality right there. Mm. You're right. It's similar to, but like just different enough that again, yeah. like this, the show proves once again, that like they know, they know how the villains are different from each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but surprise, Batman didn't die. What? Who could have guessed? Yeah. It, uh, but it's great though, because the Riddler is like, wait, you have, you have to tell me, fine, I'll, I'll tell you, like where I stashed all the loot and how I got away with it. If you tell me how you got out. Yeah. Batman's just like, Nope. Uh, and he, you find out he used his to- his recording device toy to trick the Riddler into kind of confessing. Yeah. The police come in, arrest him, use his own toy against him. Yeah. It's so great. And then he just refuses to tell the Riddler how he survived. Mm-hmm. The Rid- I, I kind of thought they weren't going to tell the audience either. Mm-hmm. And just be really lazy writers. Yeah. Well, I mean, and what I love about this is the whole, Actually, no, go ahead and explain how he survives, and I'll, I'll bring my point. Uh, he Indiana Jones is it. Yeah. Uh, there's a safe in in the room, and so right before the explosion goes off, he locks himself in the safe. Yeah. And that what I've liked about that moment is it actually feels very reminiscent of the 60s. Like, that would always happen, right? It's like they are certainly going to die, and then from the most absurd means possible, they survive. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's very much like they wrote themselves into a hole and they just came up with like a simple solution. That's kind of the way here, but I feel like it works. It, yeah, it absolutely does. Yeah. And I think part of the reason it works is in that moment, Batman actually doesn't know what to do. Like all, it's a great scene when like he, you see him truly panic. Yeah. I mean, all the, all the doors are getting closed with shutters. The, the skylight closes off, cuts off his rope and he's like diving around. It's like, what the hell? 
do I do? What now? Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's really smug with himself as he explains to, to Robin. He's and so proud of himself. I mean, it's a pretty good move. Yeah. And he know he's just super satisfied, too, because the Riddler won't let it go. Yeah. And that's the final scene of the episode is Riddler screaming to the heavens. How did you do it? I need to know. I need to know. I need to know, which is, is kind yeah. of his mantra at the end. Yeah. It's so good. Mm-hmm. I So I've talked about this before, but uh, when I was a kid, I had two episodes of the Riddler, like two Riddler episodes of the mm-hmm. animated series on VHS. It was this one and then the the first Riddler episode. Okay. And if you, if you what is it, if you have so much money, oh, if, if you're so, so rich. Sm- if you're so smart, why aren't you rich? Okay, that's the one, yeah. Yeah, and I, I love, this is, I think, one of the best episodes of the series. So, and my, my question to you, especially as the, the big Riddler fan you are, which of the two do you prefer? I mean, cause we had that, we've had the, like the middle one with the VR, which was not that mm-hmm. great, but the, these are both nineties. VR is always uh, great. Chris. Uh, it's always amazing. This VR troopers is fantastic. But the, those two Riddler episodes, definitely some of the best in the series for you. Which one's the better one? Oh man. I, so I, I mentioned this before, but uh, the first Riddle episode was my very first Batman episode. So yeah. it, it holds such a strong nostalgia uh, kind of connection to it. Mm-hmm. But I think this one was uh, was probably the better story. I'd agree with that. Yeah, uh, I, I would say this one is is probably the the better episode. Yeah, it, it's there's an element of complexity here that's pretty cool because mm-hmm. it's and it's, it's not just kind of bullshit riddles like the last one where you know it was flickering lights and obviously that's morse code yeah no th- these these riddles like for the most part make sense mm-hmm. um i was a little sad that i couldn't because i did pause it when the numbers came up and i was i tried to like i wanted to solve them myself i tried that too yeah and you kind of can't because they're all in gotham yeah it doesn't quite work yeah but i i really love this just, this is such a good episode you know it 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 really understands what drives the Riddler. It understands him as a character fundamentally. Um, it shows why the dynamic between him and Batman is super interesting. Like, I think mm-hmm. the Arkham games did a really good job with this. Oh, absolutely. Too. And I, I think that this is, in a condensed format, the best version we've seen of the two of them squaring off and why they are so interesting against each other. Because mm-hmm. it is 100% a mental fight. Yeah. yeah. Like, Riddler didn't throw, I don't think he threw a punch the entire episode. No, it's completely a battle of wits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, God, it's just so, so. It was, this was a really it's good so episode. good. Yeah, again, I like you. This carries a special place in my heart because I watched it a lot as a kid. Mm-hmm. One of the episodes I've seen the most. But uh, no, I absolutely loved it. Yeah, I did have uh, one last uh, little note about this. Um, so obviously, there's always that idea that Batman creates his villains. Mm-hmm. I don't think he, for the most part, I don't think he created the villain, but or he created the Riddler. But he definitely like as like pushes his mental deterioration yeah uh he's not very helpful to the riddler no he's not I, like i mentioned the beginning of the episode he has no trust in him no well so if you think about it with uh his riddler's first episode if batman hadn't interfered if the riddler had uh killed mockridge and gotten out of town that would have been the end of it right so that what what drives the Riddler now was not what drove him in the past. His first mission was one of revenge. Now he's driven by the need to play a game with Batman. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, he didn't create the Riddler, but um, he has created the version of the Riddler that now is going to persist. Right. So yeah, that, it still, still kind of works. Yeah. Right on. I'm not going to bother trying to segue into bat plugs. Which, uh, what, are what are you watching? <laughs> you go first this time. I'll go first. Uh, so, uh, in honor of our duly departed Adam West, I knew there was a, an animated movie, Batman Return of the Cape Crusader, 
which uh, reunited. That's one that came out last year, right? Uh, yeah, like a year, year or so ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was Adam West, it's Burt Ward, it's Julian Newmar reprising uh, their respective roles of Batman, Robin, and Catwoman. Uh, obviously, the actors who voice uh, Penguin and Caesar, or not, Jesus. Caesar Romero? C- the, yeah, the, the great villain, Caesar Romero? <laughs> the great villain, Caesar Romero. Yeah, the Joker, Penguin, and Riddler have all, like, everyone else has changed because everyone else is dead. Um, but it it's it's an odd movie. It's not great. I think if you're a fan of that 60s world, it's worth watching because mm-hmm. they do some clever stuff. Um, and what's kind of fun about this is it it acknowledges the fact that the Batman from the 60s was not the Batman we know, and it kind of pushes Batman in that direction a little bit and then has the world address why that's weird um, in that context. Um, I think it's it's fun. It has... It knows what it's trying to emulate really well. I think the problem with it is it's a little bit long and it's a little bit disjointed. It's kind of like almost like three... It's definitely not like an episodic sort of thing. But there's kind of three independent story okay. beats sort of that don't feel that well connected. So it's a little little disjointed. It's not quite as like fast and fun as the show or the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely... It's worth a watch. If you're a fan of the... Sh- the I had to buy it, actually. So if you... <laughs> We'll okay. watch it at some point. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't I rent it, so I had to buy it. I need to, it's yeah, on my it's, list. So that's worth watching. And then the uh, the other plug is actually um, a little more personal. A friend of mine, Andrew, works for a company called Input Club. He actually helped co-found it. And they do these amazing custom keyboards. I'll tell you about this. The White Fox. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so um, they did a Kickstarter to basically raise money so that they can build and distribute this this really awesome keyboard. And I, I can't do Ty- it justice. Typing keyboard, not piano Thank you. Keyboard. Yes, not piano keyboard. Typing keyboard. Um, but no, and like their whole philosophy is that everything is open source. So the... Um, the designs, the, the all the, the firmware, the software, everything is all open source. So you can customize it and do what you want with it. It's gorgeous. And like Andrew and his friend Jacob, his, his partner on this, obviously I know them pretty well. I helped them make their Kickstarter video. They really, really care about just delivering an amazing keyboard. So uh, I will link to the Kickstarter page. Go check it out. It's really, really awesome. Sorry, sponsor for the week. He's not our sponsor because he's know, not I paying know. me. But yeah, <laughs> it's, it's kind of, yeah, it's just, it's a cool thing. Yeah. You know, we, yeah, we, we, yeah, you showed it to me on Friday and it looked really awesome. Yeah. So, and our friend Shane somehow weirdly has become obsessed with keyboards, coincidentally. So. Yeah. It's, <laughs> you know, everyone's got their thing. Yeah. yeah but uh, what have you been checking out? Uh, I think the biggest thing uh, right now is Glow. Oh, yes. Oh, I burnt through that series in 24 hours. It was so much fun. Yeah. Um, it's just such a great, like, hit of the 80s. Like, it's just. It's not even like a subtle. It's a very much a slap in the face. This is the '80s. Oh yeah, I, or at least how I imagine the '80s to be. Yeah, I just started it, and it's yeah, it's right there. It's it's a lot of fun. Uh, and personal connection to Nerdist uh, podcast or Nerdist School. Oh yeah, Rebecca Johnson, mm-hmm. who teaches level one as part of the the uh, the faculty and the staff at, at Nerdist School. She plays one of the wrestlers, and she's amazing. She's so funny. That's awesome. Yeah. I don't know if you've met her yet in the show. No, I'm only like 20 minutes in. Okay. Um, yeah, show, so much fun. Uh, Allison Brie is still such an amazing person. Oh, yeah. No, she's incredible. Uh, and then other than that, uh, I've been uh, rereading the Scott Pilgrim series again because <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing with my life. <laughs> yeah, whatever. You know? Um, if you love, reread them, why not? Yeah, so I they, they just finished the last uh book in color Mm -hmm. so i bought the first three uh in color because you can never have too many sets of that no uh and it's it just it makes it makes my heart so happy oh it makes me happy that it makes you happy yeah i haven't read any of it though oh you you can borrow the black and white set okay yeah yeah don't give me the good ones no 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 absolutely not (laughs) 
but I think that's all we got for this week. Yeah, I think so. So ran a, ran a little <laughs> long, but yeah, it's not that thank bad. you guys for sticking with us. Yeah, as we uh, every once in a while we have super tangenty episodes. That's fine. This is a good yeah, one for it. That's fine. Um, but yeah, if you uh, want to write to us and tell us to stop going on such ridiculous tangents. We're not going to listen, but you. thanks for writing. Yeah, we appreciate it. You can reach uh, us at Tim Talk Pod on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And I'm at Lordifer on all those same things. I'm at Cameron.Dexter on just Instagram. On just Instagram. Yeah. Fuck Twitter. Fuck words. I'm a picture-only person. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I'm still not convinced you can read. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> Why would I? Yeah. Are you doing, do you have a new Disney thing coming out soon? Uh, yeah. At some point. I have like three... That are maybes right now. Okay. Exciting, non-committal response there. Yeah. <laughs> Look out for those eventually. Uh, but yeah, thank you for uh, for tuning in. I forget what's next week. Oh wait, um It's gonna be it's gonna be a surprise for all of us. Yeah, you know what? I'm not gonna look it up. It's gonna be a surprise for everybody. Exciting times. But uh again, thank you for listening. Bye. Thanks, guys. The Nerdist School Network. For class and show information, visit nerdistschool.com.